Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you, you can do the same. Let's get rolling. Today on the Killing Fire podcast, we have Roger Thompson. He is a husband, father, and acclaimed author of the most recent book, We Stood Upon Stars. And he is uh, someone that was introduced to me by a mutual friend named uh, Greg. You might know him as Dr. Love uh, on the recent podcast. So thanks for uh, coming on the show, Roger. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. So, uh, first off, where are you? Where are we? Uh, where are you based out of? Where do you live? I live in a little beach town in Southern California called Ventura, California. Kind of, um, I guess we're just south of Santa Barbara, um, known for this is where the Patagonia headquarters is for those of us who enjoy Patagonia um, outerwear and so forth. Um, but yeah, nice little beach town. Um, oh, oh, what take the hustle and bustle of Southern California. That's awesome. So, um, so one of the things that our mutual friend said to me that I thought was so funny was that, uh, you had a background in skateboarding. Um, can, can you, uh, just allude a little bit to what, what that was and. Yeah. Yeah. That's going way back. But, um, yeah, I started actually out of college. Um, just about a year or so out of college, my best friend and I started the world's, at the time, the world's largest indoor skate park. Um, and that was before the skate park's kind of taken off. And so we're one of the first ones there. And this was pre-X Games, um, pre-Tony kind of Hawk, Hawk Pole, the 900 and all that hype. Um, so we started off the skate park and all the pros that used to be kind of my idols, the Bones Brigade and all those guys ended up coming and skating our skate park. We got to know them all. And that was a lot of fun. Um, so we did that and we made some skate movies, which led to surf movies. And anyways, I'm sure we'll get into some of that, but yeah, it was pretty fun times back then. That's awesome. So just, just, uh, listeners will have to indulge me for a second. Cause that was sort of my air as well. Who would you say was your favorite skater at that time? Yeah, I loved Lance Mountain. I think he was one of my favorites. Uh, I don't know why. There was just something about his style and his quirkiness that I just really loved. Yeah, so so I liked uh, Steve Caballero. He he was my uh, mm-hmm. he was my go-to, and and he still is skating, man. Well, most of them are, but uh, but yeah, I, I recently saw a video of him, and I was amazed at what he was still doing. Yeah, we just had a neighborhood showing of and in search of Animal Chin, kind of classic. <laughs> All <laughs> proud uh, uh, showing, and so all the day, good kids, skater kids came over and skated ramps and saw the videos. We had a good time with it. Oh, that sounds awesome! So, um, so one of the things I would say to describe you, and uh, and this is a lot of what um, you know, your you, that is items that are found in your book is you really um, are an adventurer. 
which is uh, not a um, not. There's not a lot of people you can say that about. And uh, so, can you kind of uh, kind of fill in a little bit more about kind of the adventures that you have found yourself on, and some of the you know impetus for writing the, your most recent book? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. The you know, and I yeah, you know, I'm careful a little bit of the adventure title because I you know because I I'm around some pretty hardcore adventurers. And I'd probably say that, that I'm more of an accessible adventurer. It's kind of the, the middle-aged, overweight adventure type. <laughs> um, but, but what I, I kind of decided a while back is there's just so much amazing things that God created for us to enjoy. Um, it felt somewhat of a sin to just sit back and not participate in that. Um, and for my life, I live on the beach. I grew up surfing in and we're not too far from some mountains yet. And so, you know, when I wasn't surfing, I'd do fly fishing. And, um, and what I found, which I think is the case of probably you and a lot of other guys, is God always spoke most clearly to me when I was near, not necessarily the church, but when I was nearest the wilderness. And for whatever reason, that's where he kind of got a hold of me. And so adventure became kind of a part of my lifestyle, um, somewhat as an act of communing with, you know, with God. Um, and then as I became a father and so forth, the a way for me to introduce my kids into the bigness of God. I tell you what, you have the coolest VW van I have ever seen. It's got, it's really jacked up in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a killer vehicle. The 86 uh, was finest synchro and there's very few of these four-wheel drives. That's what the synchro means. So we're able to take our van to some pretty remote places. Yeah, it, it looks like a lot of fun. So so it, was there some inspiration there for you <laughs> with the van? Is it symbolic? Yeah, we had, we had, yeah, we had some van before, and, and just kind of growing up, um, I've always, you know, I used to camp on the back of my truck, but I always wanted something I could kind of get to, a simple way to get to the backcountry. Um, and we had a two-wheel drive van for a while. My wife and I decided to get this four-wheel drive one. So on our 10th anniversary, uh, we actually did a, a classic. Like we bought a side on seat in Bozeman, Montana, and flew to Montana and drove this van all in Montana and through Yellowstone National Park and, and home. And that was our anniversary gift to each other. That sounds really cool. So so tell me, let's, let's talk about your book, um, your most recent one. Uh, tell me... Uh, Sort of tell me what's the impetus for writing it. Like, what was your inspiration? You know, well, I've got this, um, as you can kind of tell from some of this conversation already, um, I've kind of got this belief that God has left this creation to be an active participant in the shaping of our character. Um, and, and the way I kind of came to that was kind of the same way most of us feel when we go to the mountains or sit on the beach or we go someplace where we're in the midst of creation and we get this feeling that sometimes we can't describe. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted to kind of figure out what that was. And I, after I leaned into it for a while and started writing about, it, I really, like I said, came to the conclusion that that feeling is God kind of talking to us through his creation. Um, and, and so once I kind of kept put my finger on that, I was like, I kind of wanted to write a whole book to explore what that kind of looked like. What? So, t tell me a little bit about the title. I love the title. Yeah, the title came from section of the chapters in the book. It was from a um, 
uh, backpacking trip that Buddy and I did to Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. Um, and the we were pretty high up, and you know that's the the thing about Rocky Mountain National Park. There's over, over 70 peaks above 12,000 feet, um, and so we were at a pretty high climb um, and camping at this alpine lake. And the stars there were just they were so magnificent that it didn't feel like we were looking up towards the stars anymore. It felt like we were kind of amongst the stars. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the line where I land on. We stood upon stars. Um, but yeah, just one of those moments that just stood out my entire life. Hmm. So what do you think, what do you think it is about the, uh, sort of the masculine soul that needs that, that get away from, uh, rectangular lines and and man-made things. Uh, Well, I mean, for me, it's, it's certainly the, that sense of wonder and awe and where things aren't scripted. And I just feel like there's a a, a wildness in us that somehow has been tried, has tried to be tamed um, kind of in our everyday environment. You know, most of us, you know, go to work and you're kind of trapped, trapped inside the walls at work and we go to the church and you're inside the walls there and our, most of our lives live inside these boxes or kind of these man-made boxes and when we get out beyond those we realize that there are no boxes out in the wild um, that we're not really our soul isn't meant to be contained within that or confined within that um, and so there's something about getting out there goes free that your soul just breathes deeper and you start to kind of imagine your life story to be much bigger than it is, <laughs> you know, um, and I think that we're just created for that, you know, specifically for that, actually. Mm. Have you, uh, have you been around guys where, you know, kind of getting out in that sort of untamed area is a little, uh, intimidating or, uh, concerning, or are you around oh, a abs- bunch of guys that are, you know, abs- base jumping? <laughs> <laughs> You know, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. Um, so I've got a lot of friends I'm with that are way gnarlier than I am, um, you know, who will do that, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff like that. I'm a, I'm a family man, and so my risk-taking is, you know, I'm trying, probably, I try to be pretty smart about it. Um, but, yeah, I'm with a lot of guys that are just intimidated. They just don't know, you know, how to do some of this. In fact, there's one of the, one of my really good buddies here, in the term, one name is name, but he's a, um, a well-known um, author, and he, he he kind of reached out to me and just wanted me to show him, teach him how to like camp, just car camp with his kid. They've never had camped together, hmm. um, and he's a leader in the church. He's a leader in the Christian community, um, and he just kind of got so caught up with all of that that what his kid really wanted was just to go camping, and he just didn't know how to do that and was intimidated by that. Um, hmm. And so some of the book is geared towards him particularly of saying it doesn't have to be base jumping and crazy stuff like that. It could be just driving your car to the beach or to the river or to the nearest state campground and just have a bonfire and throw on some s'mores and let your kids look at the stars. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. The idea that the, the bar is not high. Um, you know, and, and, and I've had, my kids are older now, but when they were younger, you know, the wonder that could be produced just by God out in nature, it didn't take much, you know? And, um, 
and I think sometimes we 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 put too much. Oh, it needs to be this or it needs to be that, and and we just kind of stalemate, you know, and don't do anything. <laughs> right? No, it can be. Yeah, it can be as simple as you want to be. Um, I think that especially for those of us who have kids, you know, our kids just want the adventure with their dad. They want to see their dad in that kind of heroic lights. Um, we're the ones starting the fire and taking leading the hikes or whatever it happens to be. Um, that's what the, the kids want to see. And you can give that to them in real simple ways. Yeah. Yeah. So what would your, uh, so I know that you, well, I don't know exactly. You have two boys. Is that true? Yes. Uh, married two boys. My boys are 12 and 14. And, and what, are, what are kind of, what is your hopes for them? Cause I know you're real engaged with, with, you know, like I said, we, you're going to be going surfing with your son here right after this. And, and uh, what's your hopes for them, you know, in related to, to this kind of aspect about God? Yeah, I, I hope that that through these experiences um, that they ask the right kinds of questions about God. Um, I, I kind of felt for, for a long time that the questions I was always, always asking had to do with, I don't know, calling and things like that, which are all have to do with ultimately with work and it's really kind of going down that path for a long time and there's not, nothing innately wrong with that but what I found was is you know I wasn't created just for work um, I was created for a community I was created for my wife my kids I was created for all sorts of things and so you know with my kids I kind of feel like I want them to whether they're out in the ocean or in the mountains to just look out that bigness and ask bigger questions about who they are, who they're created to be. Mm, that's good. You know, um, when I was, um, I had a pretty uh, um, profound born again experience. And one of the big takeaways from it was, and it was, you know, while I was on drugs and it was just unasked for and not looked for, uh, but it just happened. And one of the big things that I came away with from that experience was, there's a God, he exists, and he is way bigger than me. Yeah. And, right. and, and I thought in my own experience, you know, I was, I was, the, I was the deal, you know, I was, mm-hmm. you know, the, the king of the mountain, but it was a super tiny little anthill. <laughs> yeah. right. And I think one of the things that nature does is it, you know, and I've done a lot of surfing in my life as well. And, you know, you get you get caught up in waves that are bigger than you. You know, good luck. You know, you're yeah. not controlling that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. We, uh, we we create this kind of false narrative that we're in control, um, and we live out our lives out of that thing. And the thing about it is, being in control limits who we are. There's something about not being in control that gives us the freedom to be much, much more. Yeah. I, 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 I find, or I could, yeah, I find that the, 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 there are aspects about nature that are intimidating because they're unknown. But if you know, if you're kind of going into them, holding the hand of God, um, there's a sense of, I don't know, but it's going to be all right. Yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, experience for people that don't know 
a God that is loving, trustworthy, knows them personally, it's sort of like a, I am at risk and there really is no one there to help. Yeah, God, yeah, God didn't create the mountains to destroy you. He created them to bless you. <laughs> you know, and that's that's the that's the point of it is the the walking in the woods is shouldn't be out of fear because he didn't create it to freak you out you know he created because he knew that at some moment you'd be walking along some stream and something would happen there the, the light would be just right and you'd see the trout just pop out of the water and all this would take place and you'd have a deep peace in your soul and all that was created for you for that moment it wasn't to be in fear, but it was to have this deep sense of peace. Mm-hmm. So do you have uh, any, like, uh, you know, kind of stories from the book or a story from the book that kind of is a good, you know, just a good story that you love? <laughs> One of the ones you like. <laughs> yeah, there's, I love all There's uh, 30-something travel stories in there. Each one of them has something that's near to my heart. But, but one, I'll tell you one of the first stories I wrote in this book that, um, it's chapters towards the end of the book. Uh, it's about Glacier National Park. Um, but it was a story where I was actually struggling as um, in some aspects of my fatherhood. And, and, um, and I, I can't remember exactly what I was struggling for at the time, but I just knew that I felt inadequate. And there was, there, there was so much I want for my kids as, as fathers. We, we all want that. And I was struggling with my limitations of what I could actually provide for them and so forth. And, Anyways, we decided to take this big road trip, and we went from our home in Southern California all the way up to near the, the Canadian border and or in Glacier National Park. And I'm standing on the uh, the shoreline of Lake McDonald, which is this guy got everyone's bucket list if they haven't gone to Glacier. It's just there's something about it that's just magical. But anyways, I stand on the shoreline and I was looking to the glacier peaks as they reflected into the lake, um, and the verse came to mind, you know, I looked to the mountains to ask where my help will come from. And like all of us who've gone to church for a while, we've heard that verse a million times, and it just never really meant a whole lot to me. And as I was standing there, it finally came, that verse came alive, and I was looking to the mountains, and I started asking where my help would come from. And in that moment, God did something kind of very healing in my life, and he showed me that you know, my limitations were on purpose because I'm not supposed to provide everything for my kids. Hey, if nobody's told you today, I just want to let you know that you're amazing. You're awesome. Jesus has picked you. You are on the winning team. You were sitting at the cool kids table. And today is a awesome day to see God's goodness and to extend God's goodness. Um, I want to let you know about two other things that Kindling Fire is doing. Uh, the guests that come on the show are also writing blogs that I'm sending people uh, updates on every other week uh, via Facebook Messenger. And uh, we've kicked off the 30-day fire starter challenge, which is a 30-second videos that I send you every day to get your fire started and to motivate you and even change how you're thinking. So to sign up for either one of those, go to thekindlingfire.com and you'll see a place that says count me in and you'll be in. Mm. that he stands in the gap of what I want for them and what I can provide for them. Um, and so I take them and I, I point them to the mountains and together we just stare and we just have that moment. And I just felt the Lord say, I've got this. Your boys are in my hands. Oh, They're going to be just all right. That's, that's profound as a, as a dad. Um, 
to know that the, that your children could be trusted with the Lord. Yeah, and I don't know why for me it took it's hard, and even after that, still you know challenge, get challenged by that. But um, but yeah, when I when when lean into the to God in those moments, oh man, there's just something about that that's knowing that He's got it. You know, I was um, I was at a retreat where um, with my son, he was about 16 at the time. And I'd been wanting for several years to do sort of a male initiation uh, thing for him. And, uh, and I thought about it for years. And it finally come to, came to this point where, you know, about 30, 40 guys were going to rally around my son and myself. And I was just going to speak life into him and really call him out as saying, I, I believe you're a man and welcome to manhood. Mm-hmm. And so right before I knew this was going to happen, uh, I was at this retreat and they said, well, you know, go and pray. And I tell you what, um, the enemy came in on me so hard. Like, you know, who, you know, who do you think you are? You, you, you're nothing. You know, you got nothing to offer. Um, you're weak. You're impotent. You're, I mean, it just, it's like below the belt hammering constantly. And I, and I remember just feeling like, oh, you know, what do you think I'm doing? I got nothing to pass on, you know, on and on and on. And then I went to the Lord and the Lord was like, let me father you through fathering him. Let me father you through fathering him. Don't, don't rely on you. Rely on me. And, and I was able to kind of lift off all that crap, which was, you know, and I had a long, long list of failures that Satan could come and say, Hey, see that? Remember that? Remember that? These are all, you know, makes you unworthy or unfit or incapable of passing anything on. And the Lord was like negating all of it. And, uh, and I was able to kind of, with my head held high, go into that situation. And it was epic. I mean, it was, it was powerful. But, oh, I bet that was. Oh, uh, it was. It was, and and I and I'm sure as your boys are young, uh, it, I would so recommend it to any man that's listening is that you you want to pass blessing onto your kids, be it daughters or sons. You just that's just a part of what a dad can do. One of the honors of being a dad is I see you, your unique self, and it's good. It's God made, and you got a great future ahead of you. You know. Mm. So that's awesome. So, so the, uh, so one of the things I want to, um, kind of read because it's so well written and, and it's just resonated so much with me was, uh, in your about section on rogerthompson.com, uh, let me just read a section of this and I just want to make, you know, kind of ask you a question okay. and it says, um, I'll just read this section. It says, my oldest son wants to be a professional surfer. My youngest wants to be a professional skateboarder or a baseball player, whichever one pays more. That sounds like a kid. Uh, They're young enough to believe in a magic that, that says all things are possible. We encourage this belief. We tell them they can climb the mountain peaks of their dreams. It just takes courage to do it. I wanted to write for as long as I can remember, but time is not an ally. Life has worn Risk and fear and consequence show through cracks in the magic. I've chosen safer routes to smaller peaks. That is a profound statement. I'm older now, and the magic still calls. It comes in a still, small voice asking, Will you trust? Will you follow me? There is still the risk and the fear, but 
a longer lens of time allows me to see the truer consequence. I'm being watched. My boys will one day wonder if the magic is real. They'll wonder if they should seek the mountaintop and avoid the danger and live in a flat world. So this is me, following the voice, writing, reaching for courage, and hoping you will reach with me. Man, that is so well written. And, and, uh, and I, in it, yeah, it's just, can you make a comment about that? Yeah, no, I'd love to. I mean, in some of this is, is in, embedded in what you said, but just to kind of elaborate on that is, um, this writing thing, although the actual writing for me is new within the last five or so years, um, there's been times throughout my whole life where I felt I needed to be doing it. Um, and I really just kind of lacked the, the courage. Um, and that's wrapped up in all sorts of other excuses. Um, you know, I have to make a living, I have to do these things, which are all true. Um, but the real truth, the, the deeper truth was I lacked the courage. I didn't, I didn't feel I wasn't confident enough in myself to write. I wasn't courageous enough to put stuff out there into the world. Um, and so one, uh, at some point I started realizing, like, Hey, you know, I'm trying to, like what you mentioned earlier about pass on blessing while I'm trying to teach my kids courage and I'm trying to do these things, but here I am myself kind of chickening out of this thing. I felt like I've been called to do. Uh, and it's like, we just have to just do it. Um, and my wife, um, who really is a lot more courageous and filled, you know, faith filled than I am. But most of the time, she's the one that actually kind of pushed me into it and said, you've really got to do this. And, you you know, you got to do it for yourself, but you also have to do it for your boys. Oh, man, that is so uh, good. Mm. Yeah. And I think that there's, you know, and I don't know, I know you've been through the similar thing in your life. Um, but there's two things that I found in pursuing this passion of mine. Um, and what I feel is actually an actual call in my life. Uh, there's two kind of tensions that I face, you know, and one is, um, that I have to make a living. Um, and you know, so you kind of have that whole thing. That's, that's all true. And the other one is that I need to quit everything I'm doing and only write because, um, if God's called me to do this, he's called me to do it a hundred percent. And I found both of those things are those are actually the easy routes. One easy route is to uh, not do anything at all because you have to go make a living and you kind of pursue that. And the other easy route is to give up everything, which in some ways puts your family in a little bit of jeopardy. And so for me, I had to kind of fight those two tensions to find a route that says I'm going to write, but I'm also not going to abandon putting food on the table and some of my responsibilities as a father. And so that for me was the harder path. Um, and now that I've been doing it for years, I didn't trust that, could, that God could pull it off, but somehow it's being pulled off now. Um, and so, you know, that may be a different, you know, every guy's on their own path with this, but, um, but uh, I guess I'd say, don't go, don't take the easy route. <laughs> take yeah. the one that's harder and requires faith and, and effort and discipline um, because that's where the reward is. Man, that is that is some wisdom right there. I, I was just talking to a young creative this morning, and uh, 
And, you know, he was asking, you know, basically saying, you know, I'm hearing all these places that you just got to go all in, you know, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, you got to go all totally in. And you're like, well, what's the harder route, you know? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. working through a, a work that may not, quote, be your 100%, you know, magic job, but it is something that God is using to provide and forge your character mm-hmm. of perseverance or whatever it is God is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of wisdom in that, man. That's good. Yeah. So it, was, it was important for me to kind of, like I said, wrestle through that and, and kind of land there because, um, I don't, yeah, I, I, I could have been easily tempted by either either side of that for sure. Yeah. You know, the thing that I think struck me so strong is when I read that was, you know, I do not want to leave a legacy of fear to my kids. You know, this is what living by fear looks like. This is what hiding mm-hmm. looks like. This is what safety and domestication looks like when God is calling me to wilder frontiers um, that require boldness and courage and faith. And, and that's the thing that eats at me. And I, and I'm not alone in that. I know there are men out there that, that feel that pull of God in their Mm -hmm. life. And, and, and you're an example of a man that, that pushed through and said, I'm not going to just let this, oh, you know, I always wanted to do such and such and never do it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and, and I would say, too, that it's not because I'm fearless. I'm full of fear. Uh, it's because I'm leaning into something that's bigger than my fear. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, at least the fear is not like, uh, like you can wake up one day and go, hey, I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go do this. Uh, that fear is kind of a constant thing in the back of your mind um, that's kind of trying to wear you down. Um, but if we really truly believe that there's a God that's bigger than all that and that he, that he does have our best intentions in mind and that we, you know, um, that we will be cared for and our needs will be met, then that's what I'm trying to lean into is that truth so that it minimizes the fear. Can, Can you say that you've discovered a God? Well, let me ask you that I have a idea about this, but. The way you described, you know, I went into this a certain way, and now I'm at another place now. Um, did you did you kind of wake up and go, how did I get here? Or, or were you very conscious of what God was doing, you know, in the day-by-day kind of as you've, you know, kind of forged towards becoming a writer? You know, for, for me, I think specifically with the, the writing, there had been signposts kind of along the way um, that were pretty obvious to me at the time. And th- th- that's where the fear kind of stuff came in is, you know, um, where you see something, you're like, oh, yeah, I should definitely be doing that. Um, but you don't pursue it. Um, so I had that kind of happening over a period of time. Um, and then, but it led up to a moment, kind of, a, uh, you know, kind of a moment of crisis, I guess. Um, where I really kind of felt like I couldn't go any further and not do this because I could sense myself becoming less whole. Um, mm. And I was like, I, I can't, I'm, I'm becoming a shadow of what I was created to be mm. if I don't, if I don't lean into this thing and actually do this. Um, and, and so that's what I did. 
Yeah. Um, but there does come, you know, there, there, there's a crossroad. We all come to it at some point and our life's kind of forever defined by which, what we choose. Yeah. It's in just listening to you, the, the word that comes to mind is pathfinder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like men, men are called to, to kind of go into these uncharted areas but they really to become pathfinders that leave that leave something for others to follow. And, yeah, I think that's right. And uh, and so many men are trying to look at all these well-worn paths of life. Well, this is how you do this, and this is how you do that. And God's saying, you know, come this way. <laughs> and you're like, there's no path, God. Right. <laughs> you know, and yeah. He's like, well, I've gone before you in this. So so keep walking forward with your machete and. Keep walking forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. I think we all know that in our hearts we have we're all on our own path, and that's the uniqueness of God's call in each of our lives. Yeah. But yeah, it's so much easier just to do what the other books say. Oh man, that's so true. So, uh, so any any last uh, items you want to share with uh, the listeners? <laughs> man, I'd say that. You know, one thing is that we, we kind of touched on already, but for sure, um, I'd want to leave them with is, you know, don't be intimidated by the big thing. Like, just take some small steps towards this path you're on, um, because the path becomes clearer the further into it you get. But I just that fear of those first few steps. And so I'd say just whether those happen to be, you know, lean into it this this week, this month, and take a couple steps and see how it feels. That's awesome. So, if the listeners want to get your book, uh, how how would they? What's what would you recommend the best way to get it? Well, it's uh, I've been blessed in that it's got pretty wide distribution, so it should be at a bookstore. And so, um, so for sure, if you're a bookstore type, go there. And if not, then Amazon um, has it. Um, and both my books are there. We still find stars, and my best friend's funeral um, will both be on Amazon. But hopefully, you know, they'll also be at a local bookstore near you. That's great, Roger. Thank you so much for for coming on the show, and uh, and I uh, can't wait for the listeners to get their hands on that. I I think especially for the for those that have a that know they have a wild soul and they need it awakened, you need to go out and get this book for sure. So. <laughs> Oh, thanks for letting me be on here with you. It was a real pleasure to do this. Yeah, and uh, happy surfing, all right? <laughs> That's right. My, uh, my son will be home from school soon, and he's saved up enough money to go get a new surfboard, so we're going to go grab a new surfboard today and hit some waves. That's awesome. All right, Roger. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you were encouraged. If you would like more information about The Kindling Fire, just go to thekindlingfire.com. You know, the podcast is only one-fourth of all the cool stuff we've got going on. Uh, We have a seven-day devotional called Become a Sign and a Wonder. It's a video devotional that I send directly to your phone through Facebook Messenger. Uh, You can find out information about that at thekindlingfire.com slash wonder. Uh, Also, guests that come on the show are blogging every single week that I get to deliver directly to your inbox or through Facebook Messenger. Go to the website. You can find more information there and the blog. And the last thing we have is for entrepreneurs or anybody else that is starting something. Uh, It's called the 30-Day Firestarter Challenge. Uh, There you can 
you'll get 30 second videos for 30 days of inspirational quotes and scriptures that will really help get your fire started as you are trying to create and start something um, in your life. Thank you so much and be awesome.